0: Wherever you get your podcasts. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be
1: modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code IBM, let's create.
0: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs so you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit Spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply.
0: This day in history class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that answers the call of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today, we're looking at how a small town in Northwest Alabama put itself on the map by teaching the rest of the country how to dial 911. The day was February 16th, 1968, the first official 911 call was made in Haleyville, Alabama. It was a ceremonial call between two Alabama politicians, but it marked a turning point for the country, proving that a universal emergency phone number could actually work in the U.S. Thirty years earlier, Great Britain became the first country to establish such a service when it set up 999 as the number to call in the event of an emergency. But prior to 1968, the United States hadn't adopted that particular improvement. Instead, people in need of assistance had to contact the nearest police station, fire department, or hospital directly. This meant they either had to track down the 10-digit number for each location, or dial zero and get a telephone operator to connect them. Sometimes, people had to call multiple numbers until they reached someone who could actually help. As the 20th century wore on, some of the familiar characteristics of modern society began to take shape. There was a rise in crime and in the frequency of car accidents and medical emergencies, all of which were exacerbated by a continuously growing population. These concerns shined a light on the inadequacy of the country's emergency reporting methods and created a sense of urgency around the issue. The first serious appeal for a nationwide emergency phone number was made in 1957, when the National Association of Fire Chiefs suggested using a single number for reporting all the country's fires. Ten years later, in 1967, the President's Commission on Law Enforcement and Administration of Justice finally took the next logical step. It recommended that a single number should be established not just for the nationwide reporting of fires, but for all emergency situations. Other government agencies and officials endorsed the recommendation, and as a result, the Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, called a meeting with at and the company that controlled almost all of the phone lines in the United States. The meeting was held in November of 1967. With the intention of selecting a universal emergency number that all parties could agree to. AT&T recommended using 911 for a few reasons. First, it needed to be a number that was short and easy for the public to remember, even in times of stress. But more importantly, it needed to be a unique number that had never been designated as an area code, office code, or service code. This would save time and money, since it would be easier for the telephone company to program its equipment to accept a number that hadn't already been used for something else, shortly after the number was chosen, the U.S. Congress passed legislation making 911 the exclusive number for any emergency calling service in the country. at and immediately set up a central office and got to work developing the infrastructure needed for that new system. At the time. AT&T had a monopoly in the telephone market thanks to its reliable long-distance service and its ownership of numerous Bell Telephone subsidiaries in local markets. The high cost of infrastructure and other barriers to entry ensured that AT&T would stay on top unchallenged, and being the first phone carrier to introduce the new nationwide emergency number was set to be the latest sign of the company's dominance except that's not actually how it went because AT&T was beaten to the punch by the Alabama Telephone Company. Bob Gallagher was the president of that independent carrier and he didn't appreciate being excluded from the process. After all, Congress had established the number, but there was no law saying that AT&T had to be the first carrier to use it. With that in mind, Gallagher went to the owner of the Alabama company And pitched the idea of setting up their own 911 system before AT&T, according to Gallagher. "Quote," they said, "Go get them," and off we went. Of course, with much fewer resources at his disposal, Gallagher knew he had no time to waste. He reached out to an inside plant manager for the company named Robert Fitzgerald and had him examine the schematics for the company's 27 telephone exchanges. They chose Haleyville as the test site for the first call because its equipment had been recently updated and was best suited to be quickly modified to receive 911 calls. Fitzgerald then designed the necessary circuitry, and with the help of four technicians, he got the system up and running in less than one week. And so, on February 16th, 1968, the Haleyville system was ready for a test drive. The honor was done by Alabama Speaker of the House Rankin Fite, who placed the first 911 call to his colleague, Tom Bevel, a U.S. congressman who represented the 7th District of Alabama. Fight made the call from an office in City Hall, and Bevel answered it on a bright red telephone located in the police department, which was located in the same building. Also on hand for the event were Haleyville Mayor James Witt, Public Service Commission President Eugene Connor and the man who made it all happen, Bob Gallagher. Gallagher had scored a win for the little guy, besting AT&T at its own game. One week later, No. Alaska followed suit by establishing its own 911 system. Progress slowed a bit from there, and it was several years before the system was adopted on a wider scale, and even longer before it became standardized across the country. Eventually, in 1973, the White House issued an official statement in support of 911 and encouraged the creation of a federal information center to help government agencies implement the system nationwide. Although it fell short of legislation or executive action, a thumbs up from the White House was still a push in the right direction. From the mid to late 1970s, the country's 911 service grew at a rate of 70 new local systems per year. By the end of the decade, more than a quarter of the US population had access to 911 service. By 1989, the number had doubled to more than 50%, and 10 years later, in 1999, roughly 95% of the US population was covered by 911 service. It was a leisurely 30 year rollout then but we eventually got there. As for the town of Haleyville, where 911 began, the historic call remains a source of pride for residents. In fact, the town seal features a red telephone receiver and the words, Home of 911. Inside the entrance to City Hall, there's a small display of framed photos and documents related to the landmark day, as well as the actual red rotary phone on which the first 911 call was received. Apparently, it's a big draw for 911 dispatchers, many of whom travel from across the country to see this relic of their trade in person. The red phone was also sent on tour to Washington, D.C. in early 2018 to mark the 50th anniversary of the call. Thankfully, it was returned to Haleyville in time for that year's annual 911 festival in June. Go to HaleyvilleChamber.org to plan your visit. It's easy to take the 911 system for granted, because for many of us, it's been in place all our lives. It's become a ubiquitous feature of society, and today, an estimated 240 million 911 calls are made in the US each year. Given all that, it's remarkable that it's such a relatively recent invention. But I guess that's the sign of a truly useful service. Once it's introduced, you have no idea how you ever got along without it. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at tdihcshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or write to us directly at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.